Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the first episode of the Ihya podcast. Today we have a very special episode featuring our special guest, Hafiz Ustad Muhammad Asad Ali amongst us. Hafiz Sab, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Ustad, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'm good. How are you? Alhamdulillah, we're all good. The rest of us are common faces, you see us. Anyways, we have a guest today, inshallah, and the reason why he's actually here, I'll let him explain himself. Yeah, Why are you actually here? They wanted to show me from FIFA, basically. <laughs> FIFA 21s are these like play every single day. And then they come and they're like, Afsaf, we heard you got a FIFA, alright, yeah. 3 nil, 4 nil. Chalo, tika. Give me a chance, yeah. Inshallah, Shasa was really happy because he beat me two times. Mustafa beat him a couple of times before. <laughs> and then what do they want to do? Put it on social media. <laughs> Hence the topic, Ustad. Hence the topic, social media. So the reason why we chose this topic was first of all because we're all on social media. We met Hafiz out through social media and because it plays such a huge huge part in our lives. Yeah. I can't remember a time when I wasn't on social media. Even down to when we were in the early years of secondary school, we had MSN, things like Bebo. <laughs> no, it was never on MySpace, but Bebo was a huge thing. Bebo, yeah, yeah. Sammy Fiddy loves every single yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And since then, we've seen over a generation how it's... Um, how social media has become not only a platform to promote or to meet friends but a platform from which you can uh, start your own brands mm-hmm. you can start your own company business, yeah. B- business is a huge part of it and we think that this is a topic which everyone can relate to because those people who are going to watch this are all definitely on social media if you're watching this and you're not on social media then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you're watch this. Because <laughs> <laughs> the promotions will be on social media, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, there's always, there's, there's a goodness of social media, as we've said, in regards to how we met and everything like that. But of course, the, the cons we need to discuss, uh, and probably, uh, and this is the purpose probably of the podcast, in order to sort of uh, um, tell the viewers, uh, or maybe notify the viewers about particular uh, cons in regards to social media is that right yeah not only that but solutions in regards to how to avoid certain things from social media because mm. not everything that we see on social media is there to benefit us yeah 100 percent. Yeah. off yeah yes that's up like generally you're quite popular on instagram nowadays you know, uh, you know you follow it. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not following it what are you doing <laughs> so, and, you know so obviously over the course of time you've used it you know you've grown in terms of the things you're sharing uh, yeah. how was it been if you in terms of the work you wanted to do in terms of dawa and working with the youth and things like that uh, i mean i mean like uh Saad umar said i mean I, i've been on social media for a very long time but initially of course before actually formally studying um i wasn't on it for any particular purpose of dawa etc etc uh, for me it's like uh, you know social media is the medium of our time and uh, traditionally uh, as we understand uh, even through the quran we learn that in, in Musa Salam's time, there was a particular medium that was used and that was Sihr, magic. So Musa Salam came along with miracles in regards to magic. Isa had, uh, the, I mean, their time they were their specialities. And in the time of the Prophet Salam, it was Arabic poetry. I'm sure Shasab can drop a few lines, inshallah, maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, like now, nowadays, I think it's extremely vital to use the medium of our time for Tabligh and for Dawah. Hence why I'm, I'm on there. And, but the thing is, when I started off, uh, I was I was actually warned by my teachers to be careful, etc. etc. So I had a few phases on there. Uh, initially, when I started off, I was uh, I was studying in my early years. I used to put up state, state statuses, 
you know when you're you're fresh from studying and there's you something you learn in Surah Al-Fiqh and you mm-hmm. you know you think you you feel like you want to share it but then there's certain things that you study that maybe the public shouldn't know these kind of <coughs> things I put up for example I get a lot of stick for it so uh, I I think it was a process uh, so eventually I I went on came off for a while went on again came off for a while and then eventually once I completed my studies properly then I thought you know I'm going to actually start using the medium uh, uh in order to try and spread goodness and I think that's what it is not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be dawa or you know islamic reasons it can be anything really as long as you're spreading goodness I've got about your photography is all right yeah so pictures and these things like this are you know are means to to you know express yourself yeah. okay and sometimes um, unfortunately people don't uh, you know express themselves in in person anymore so maybe social media is a way for them to express themselves so as long as you're sharing something which is good uh, that's what i think the main purpose is yeah going back so. to your point you know mm-hmm. when you talk about musa al-islam's time and in the past they had different forms of community different forms of reaching people yes the other way uh, of just thinking about pondering on it and is tribes so generally in the past you know you had tribes they had their own ways of doing things mm. you know they they had own tra- their own traditions uh, and things like that and now we have the same we have a similar tradition but which exists online yes so yeah. you've got tribes of people that yeah. have grown up from in different parts of the world mm-hmm. uh, you know and and they found a voice yes. you know in the past you know it, it, what used to what used to happen is you used to have a group of people who were really segregated in each society yes, they generally never had a voice yeah. but then oh, over the past 30 40 years what you've seen is that these people have found other people mm-hmm. like them in other societies yes. mm-hmm. now they've grown to have a voice and they've become so powerful that you know they affect they affect in political uh, political decisions mm. and things like that yeah. so you know that's one way it's changed you know it's changed the yeah. i mean it's like it's a global village right yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and that affects me especially in when it comes to fatwa and giving the rulings etc etc of course kulash uh, sahab is in pretty much the same field because you have to be very very careful in how you're uh, giving an answer uh because now you have to understand that we've got a funny story in just regards to last week like the dynamics of yani yani a person uh, who's asking you a question maybe from a completely different dynamic uh someone from the northwest for example who has a completely different understanding of what a particular situation is as opposed to somebody down south uh i mean when i was serving in london for two years i genuinely thought that living in london london itself needs its own book of of fatwa the way like the, the life is in london honestly it's it's completely different world uh, uh especially i mean uh, as opposed to living up north i guess that also reflects on how different countries different areas of the world use social media in different different ways yeah. so you as as a person like as a dad <coughs> you have to be able to uh, cater for every single person and adapt adapt exactly knowing the fact that they are from different Uh, backgrounds and they've got different dynamics etc etc I mean just just what's your what's your thing on it I mean I'm how, still observing the conversation very well I feel like I mean how how have you have you have you noticed that the fact that you have to adapt to particular <coughs> questions that come your way etc etc okay let's go back before the question what I've observed in the past 5 minute conversation you talked about two of the main pros which were connectivity mm-hmm. and outreach mm-hmm. yeah, we've discussed that and back to the question that 100% i agree because normally what would happen is in before social media you'd have a scholar sitting in his darul ifta yes. and that local community would go to that scholar and that scholar would be full 
aware, fully aware of exactly what the state of the community is like, yeah. what kind of people they are, so he'd know exactly what kind of ruling he has to give. Mm-hmm. Yes? yes, we have to understand as a mufti, there's strict rulings and there's some more lenient rulings. Yeah. So that mufti giving that ruling to the local community, he knows exactly the ruling that they will need yeah. and that they can uh, do amal upon easily. But now, as Afsa mentioned, it's completely open. Hafsa has followers from different countries. Now, how is he possibly going to know what the state of them people are, what kind of a community they're living? So he has to give the most general ruling where he's not being case specific. And that's why I think it's very important for anybody who's doing da'wah using social media that they have to be general. They can't yeah. give specifics because that might not apply to 90% of your audience. Precisely, yeah. Would, would, uh, you say, sorry, would you say that falls into cons in a sense as well? Because before you had a fixed society, a fixed role, now... You know, I'd say that people can't be small-minded, mm-hmm. especially when giving fatawa, because the reach that you, you have is so vast that you'll have people who hardly know anything about Islam to people who practice it on a daily. Exactly. No, so no. you have to be in them, you have to cater for everyone. And I think this is one of the cons which we take from this as students, is the debating that happens online. Yeah. Most of experience yeah. when you first... Like you freshly study a new book, you learn a new masala, then when you go onto Facebook and you see swoons are opposite to what you've learned, you want to give your opinion to it, you want to answer it, why have you wrote this for? We don't realise that often due to where we live and who we surround ourselves with, we become small-minded. So I think one of the pros of social media is that it's broadened our horizons as to us in regards to what we see um, from the Muslim community, but the globe is a larger scale. Yeah, I mean... I, 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 I can personally relate to this. There was a there was a brother who I knew personally uh, asked me a fatwa regarding uh, again we're not gonna go into the in the fiqh, into the fiqh, but he asked me a fatwa regarding interest right so uh, you know like this ihya sunnah I'm I'm assuming that most of the followers will understand that there are there's always gonna be differences in regards to these kind of issues so he's like oh so uh, Imam Sab look this is this is the issue I've had about I I have about four different opinions and I just wanted to take your opinion and I said to him look. See, the issue really, really here is that the way Kabbalah Shah was saying, like, traditionally what would happen is people would, there'd be one scholar that they'd go to and the scholar would understand the dynamics of the social uh, situation, right? Mm-hmm. Or he would know that particular person uh, yeah, personally, right? But now, because it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's almost, it's, it's fatwa shopping, that's what you call it, right? Fatwa shopping. So people will go out, take about five, six different opinions on one matter, Right? And then they will come to their conclusion. Now, the, the issue is this. When the mufti is giving the fatwa, the onus is on the mufti. Yep. The onus is on the scholar. Yep. The onus isn't on, on what the, the person uh, who's coming to ask. That's not the onus. So on the day of judgment, for example, yani the scholar is going to be pulled up, or traditionally the scholar would be pulled up. But I said to him, I knew him personally, I said to him, look, the, the thing is now, yours, you've got five different opinions. Now, you're saying to me that I'm gonna. Uh, you give me another opinion, so he's gonna choose out of the five. Now the onus is not now on me. It's gonna be on you. Are you willing to take that on the day of judgment that you've chose between five different opinions, right? And that's what's uh, scary sometimes. If you and, and that's why I say on on my uh, on my platform, I always say that if you have your own teachers, don't ask me, right? I'm I'm not catering for people who have who have teachers, who who uh, you know who have their own personal teachers who, who they can go to. I'm not catering for these guys, uh, kind of guys. I'm catering for those people who don't have that 
reach or don't have that connection to their local imam yeah yeah so and that's what's important some people some people don't realize that but i want to kind of move away from this this whole fatwa thing because i think that's quite specific to us and students of knowledge yeah. what about on on a general basis social media in and of itself like uh the pros the cons etc etc one of the things that mustafa mentioned is that it allowed people to connect and from what yeah. i've seen from this on social media is that we were quite blind in regards to other commu- other muslim communities mm-hmm. uh for example those who have reverted or converted back to islam yeah. in terms of they've accepted islam we didn't know the struggles that they went through yeah. especially in regards to events like eid and mm-hmm. ramadan and how lonely they felt throughout these times yeah. but social media allowed us to have some sort of insight in regards to their lives that we shouldn't be so selfish um and leave these people out is giving them a voice and it's allowed them to form a community of themselves so another that's another pro i see is that people who often are overlooked in society have a voice online and 100% uh, i do uh, i do agree to one extent you know whereby you know a person's uh, horizons uh, a person broadens their horizons but on the flip side of that is your horizon uh, or your scope is only that of the people that you follow So do you know where you might think that you've come out of this bubble and you're understanding the world that's doesn't necessarily mean that that's true because you're still in the bubble of the people that you're following okay so people need to realize that okay fair enough you can connect to other people in from different cities you're from Bradford you know you're from Sheffield right I've connected to you but if I'm following you and people like you people like students of knowledge and that's my following then that's going to be my bubble yeah So what does that mean? You you need to realize that even then we're still in a bubble. Mm. Okay, and I see that some people think that okay, you know, you know, I, uh, you know, I've mastered social media, I I know so many people now so therefore, you know, I'm so broad-minded etc etc. Personally for me, I think that you you'll only truly broaden your horizon when you leave your home city actually physically and go and live somewhere else. And and we see that I see that like you know socially we see that with the with people that I've grown up with now who who stayed in the same city all their life okay and and you know they they just maybe not as mature as as perhaps you are or perhaps other people that you've met because the other people that you've met when I was living in Egypt for example these people have left their homes and you only become a man if you leave your home and you go through them struggles people are just they're being spoon-fed in the comfort of their own homes and then they think that we've broadened our horizons because we're on social media mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the case right that's what's important so the con i one of the negatives of social media is that a person starts to assume that he's he's you know he's brought in mm-hmm. rise oh i know everything now mm-hmm. i know what next man's doing in 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 london and next man's doing it. no but the only way you're going to do that is is if you move out of social media and you actually go out okay and you physically go out and and understand and analyze different you know places and live in a different place for example okay uh and that's how you get to know the people that's what i think what i believe is important so i think there's a it's a catch 22 here where a person thinks okay fair enough like yeah yeah you know i i've, I've got loads of follow, uh, you know followers or following from different different places therefore i know the world now and you mm-hmm. don't know the world you only you only ever going to know the world through actually traveling that's why allah says in the quran siru fil ard okay this is almost a command isn't it siru fil ard and travel the earth and yani you go around and travel that's how you're going to become a man that's how you're going to learn So I don't want anybody to think that you know they're on social media and they they know everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and if you're in that mentality or you have that mentality you're definitely lying to yourself or not lying to yourself you might think that and you, or you, or you're definitely in the wrong you're in the dark here because you don't know everything just because you follow such so, a so thing because whoever you're following there's a limit anyway uh, on Facebook anyway you got 5,000 friends maybe then 5,000 friends are from the UK or they're from one particular area okay with a, with an odd few here or there and not everybody engages on social media but there's loads of ghosts on there <laughs> there's loads of ghosts like they're just there just to watch you and free and just see what you're doing not everybody's going to engage with you on social media and so therefore you're never going to uh, really understand what people's mindsets are so you have to be very careful with these kind of things and that mindset that okay yeah uh, I know the world now because I'm, mm. I've got a big following on social media etc etc but I kind of agree but I kind of disagree okay. I agree on the fact that in reality mm-hmm. you'll never know the world so. but even then you can get an insight yeah. into what the world is like Fair like for example until you go out and live in a different country, you'll never, you can't experience that virtually, that's impossible. Yeah, you exactly. can't experience that life. But if you know people like that, at least you are kind of coming out of a bubble. Because okay. like you said, if you're in a bubble with a people from one country, but right now I'm in a bubble with people just in Bradford. Yeah. So at least I am expanding my horizon by expanding my bubble to the country. Mm-hmm. So I've still expanded my bubble. Yeah. And... Not everything, like, we can say the UK is similar, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. Yeah. Something, like you mentioned right at the start, something in north northwest might be completely fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you take that down south, completely different. Completely different mindset, completely different people, completely different lives, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, a house in Bradford costs, what, 80k on the ground, try buy one in London. Yeah? So it's, it's like a completely different world. Mm-hmm. So when you do follow them sort of people on social media, you do, you are expanding your horizon and you do kind of experience different things. No, no, no. I, I didn't disagree with that. You do, but to an extent. There's always going to be a cap until you actually get out of the virtual world. That's why there's a lot of people who just leave social media and then they think, because they, they finally end up realizing that, you know what, there's more to life than just sitting on a computer and just trying to answer a few keep questions, it keep it or whatever. And then actually go out and, and, and the study and the travel and... and Especially like, I mean, again, closing the circle again for students of knowledge. I mean, I would encourage every student of knowledge to actually go out to a different country at least and, and live there. And so, yeah, Shasad, you, you've been to India, you know how it is. You've been yeah. to Egypt recently as well. Your brother's studying there, mashallah. I'm not going to success. But that's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you go there and you physically understand and you, got, you get to see things, then your dynamics, your understanding uh, will change. Okay? And uh, especially for us people, like we you know, the, the, the art of fatwa or whatever, whatever, that will also change because it changes based upon uh, time, place and, and, and context. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with that. And another thing to add on top of that is you kind of isolate yourself from the real world yeah. and you think that Facebook, Instagram and Twitter is your world. Mm-hmm. Like the people that you know on there, even though you don't know, most of the time that's the case. You just know their name and you just know where they're from. You don't know exactly who the person is. And you've limited yourself to just a, them group of people. That's it. And then in and the, you become antisocial. And then in reality, when they do see you, <laughs> it's as if they don't know you. Like they've been talking to you, you know, for for the past I don't know, uh, two, three, four, four months on social media, and they they see you in real life, and they're like, uh, they don't know what to say. Especially startled, and then you think, like, I think that does that does come down to a person's temperament, and and that's probably a podcast in and of itself. Uh, but it's important to understand people are different 
that social media gives everyone a voice. Now, yeah. there's there's a danger to that, and there's there's a goodness to that. There's a massive danger to that because when everybody has an opinion, then you know there's going to be a problem. Just yeah. just going back to your small circle point, um, I was just going to say that like often the the kind of people we're going to follow for our first in first category will be your friends and family. Yeah. But then the external people you're going to follow are the people you want to be like, or you, that yes. you admire. Moi now mm-hmm. the mot- you know, motivation can be a good thing you know mm-hmm. uh, you know if you're following scholars and things like that you know they're pushing you towards the dean things like that will be good mm-hmm. but in the opposite what you're going to get is you're going to see people with good cars you're going to see people with good houses as for example let's just put in like parents they're going to see other uh, couples have children a house and you're going to think to yourself how do I have a child yet yes. or I'm not in that position yet I'm behind I'm here I'm there and then you know it just causes that disruption in life because you might be heading to that direction yeah. but because you've seen that you kind of want to close that middle gap of actually mm-hmm. going through the process of earning money getting married and things like that and you think it oh this is where I should be creates massive insecurities yep. yeah because you 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 idealizing and you uh, you know you you seeing people and you you end up wanting to be like them yep. and the thing is not everybody can do that yeah yep. uh, and and it, it you know like it changes your mindset it changes the way you know you yeah. you speak the way you think uh, in terms of language in and of itself like uh, this uh, and I speak to a friend earlier in regards to this there's uh, two there's two forms of input and there's two forms of output the two forms of input when it comes to language is uh, listening and reading and the two forms of output is is writing and talking yeah so now your language is an expression of your intelligence. So cuz uh, and this we in Arabic they call it nutuq, right? And what's the sci- what's the science of logic called? Mantiq, right? So it comes from the same word, meaning when you speak, okay, it, it, it's a manifestation of your logic. Now, the input that we're getting will only be uh, uh, yani before social media, what was the input that we were getting? The people that we were meeting and the books that we were reading. Now people don't read books. Now people are reading on social media. Right? They're reading on social media. So that's their reading and then the input that get they're getting is either the small bit of surrounding that they have, okay? Uh you know maybe their family or friends, but most of the input they're getting uh, yeah, I mean, what they're listening to is uh influencers, bloggers, etc, etc. So what that does is that changes them and it changes their mindset. and then it re- and then once they internalize that cuz it's a form of input input means it comes into you it completely changes them as a person right so they it becomes difficult for them to express themselves in a real life scenario right because their way of thinking has changed their way of uh, you know talking has changed okay uh, we were just uh, speaking earlier that the topic was actually in regards to young children in schools one of my friends is a teacher uh, uh, and he was saying that you know how how young children now you know where they way more mature uh or not mature but they way more clued on than than we think we uh, than than we think they are as teachers going into schools like 14 just like you teach kids as well start you, you teach some children yeah so you know like in front of you they're all like you know sharif and that <laughs> right so he 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 goes uh, it's, it's quite you know i don't know i'll mention it so he goes he he's teaching a group of year 10s right and uh, there's two, there's a girl in there's a girl in his class and the girl's quite rowdy and uh, he's like um the girl asks uh oh, so what we do what what are you doing today in terms of subject what are you doing yeah. and one of the girls next to that girl turns around and says your mom right and my 
my friend goes, I turned around and I thought, what the hell? Yeah, tens. Mm. Okay, what the hell? So he's turned around, he goes, look, and obviously they were girls, so he goes, look, you, can you please have some respect? And um, my little sister studies in the same class, okay? And he was telling me how, like, it's, it's very different, like, and I, I, I was get, getting worried for the, the, the environment my sister's in. But then you have to realise that is the environment. Yeah, yeah. But where are they getting this from? Because obviously these kind of, these kind of uh, conversations and these kind of things, right, clearly will, will, uh, they've, they've, not, they've not picked them up from their, their society. I don't think their parents talk like that. Right? So where are these guys getting it from? They're getting it from social media. <clears throat> they must be getting it from their friends around. Where are their friends getting it from? Where, what's their source of input? Are they reading or listening? So what are they listening to and what are they reading? They must be reading stuff on social media, yeah. and they must be listening to uh, false things on social media, which 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 makes them think like this or talk like this, and it's it's quite uh, you know it's quite shocking to hear that, right? And that's what our young children are going through. So is it right, Ustad? What do you think? Is it right to expose a young? I mean, when we were young, fourteen, thirteen, we were on social media, right? Yeah. And we saw the 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 pros and the cons, and we can analyze that now sitting here as, as, as elder. Is it right for children to be on social media? To answer your question, I think that it's subjective to the age of the children. Okay. Certain children below the age of, I'd say, around about 12, there's no real need for them to be on social media because they're just coming out of primary school, etc. Whereas those in secondary school, it's, it's inevitable. We can't really stop them from using it. They're going to need it. Even if they are stopped, they'll find a way. Do they really need it? I was going to ask the same It's question. not a need, but... It's more of a want. It's a want, but then again, when you see everyone around you using social media, and you're the only person not using it because for your parents to allow you, etc., it's going to make you find means to use it behind their back. So it's so you think it's wrong for parents to restrict their children to? Uh, I mean, this is the issue of mobile phones, right? When did mm. I got my first mobile phone when I was in year ten? When do when should children be given mobile phones so that they can access social media and, and its likes? I think it depends on the child and the locality they live in. There's so many factors to take into consideration. If the child, there's a need for it, for example, he, there's no other way for him to contact his parents when he comes out of school, etc., then he has to have a, have a mobile phone. But once they do give him a mobile phone, it should be monitored to an extent as well so that they should be able to see what exactly their child is searching, what they're going on, etc. Because if there's no monitoring, that, I think that's where it becomes dangerous. Is it permissible to monitor an adult's um, <laughs> activity if he's an adult? What age? Are you talking about children? Yeah, but uh, if we're talking about like, Sharaan as an adult, 14, 15, right? Mm. So give, give a 15-year-old a, a phone. And then you're saying monitor that. So to be honest, I do get where the questions come from because you always get asked. We always get asked this on Instagram: Is a husband allowed to monitor the wife, or the wife allowed to monitor the husband? That's a complete no go. As for parents, they have that right. Okay. The parent has that right. You know that from Hadith: mm-hmm. And from that, we derive that the father has permission to do whatever he wants. To a certain. <laughs> I'm not going to leave it like a complete general statement but mm. the father has permission like for example Imam Nawawi he mentioned in the shara of this hadith that if the father if the son owns wealth or he owns a house or a car yeah. the father has complete authority 
to take his card out, do whatever he wants with it. He has permission to do it. He doesn't need to go out and ask the child, um, can I do this, can I do that? He has that uh, authority to do that. In the same way, I believe the parents, the parent has the right to monitor the child, their behavior. And the funny thing is, many parents don't even know the parental controls and all this even yeah. exists because they don't use it themselves. So if they don't use it themselves, they're very like alien to what actually happens on social media. Obviously, I'm not talking about the you know, younger parents who just become uh, parents. Even, even younger parents, so I think there's so many loopholes now. Yeah. That children know that even like I'll be honest with you, like I thought I was tapped into uh, the young children's mindsets, and I remember asking a uh, in, in whilst I was teaching, I was asking the class, um, "Who inspires you?" <laughs> and uh, Obviously, like the, the politically correct answer there would be the Prophet sallallahu And I said to them, look, aside from the Prophet sallallahu So obviously they're going to say that. But alhamdulillah, I've got, I'm a, I have a good relationship with the children that I teach. So they came out with names that I was thinking, bro. I, even I thought that, you know, I, I could relate to these children. Then they, I'll tell you some of the names that came out. Young Ads. I had to search up that guy. Uh, someone, called, uh, someone called Addison Ray. I had to search that person up. Like, I was thinking, who the hell... I, I, the, the, uh, do you know who said Addison Ray? It was the... Uh, the youngest guy... The youngest kid in the class. Oh. Now I'm thinking, who the... I thought it was a guy, so I wrote on the board. And uh, obviously, in my head, I didn't want to turn around and say, yeah, I don't know who these guys are, because I'm trying to be relatable <laughs> to them. <laughs> so what I've done is, whilst I've turned around the board, I've taken my phone out of Google, and there's race, a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it we we think that we tapped into to what the children know and what the children see and do TikTok I'm not on TikTok right but these kids love TikTok like who's who's that this Addison Ray is supposed to be like a, a famous TikTok or whatever so do they really know and then and then is it is it the responsibility of the parents to be tapped into this do you think there's always going to be a gender not a gender gap um, a generation gap so there's always going to be a gap whereby the children will know more about their time which they live in mm-hmm. and uh, the people who they relate to more than their parents because the parents first of all are interested in that sort of thing and because when they're not interested they won't pay attention to what their children are exactly on i think it's instead of being at the phase where you're trying to restrict things or you're you know overlooking it and things like that i think it's more important to take the step before that is where you help them recognize what the issues that are going to come when yeah. they mm-hmm. go on yeah. social media. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like, yeah. if that comes, then you don't need to worry afterwards. You're like, they know, you know, and, and, and I think that part is more important than the latter. Is that, because the thing is, what, what will happen is, you start doing that, kids will find their ways around it. So, But how, how do we prepare children for social media? Exactly, like, yeah, I completely agree with your point that the parents need to give good that we as have said to the children, but then, it's like you're giving them a formula. Are you giving them, say, you're giving them the book and they're not mm-hmm. going to read it? Yeah. So you're telling them, look, this is going to happen. You're going to come across this. You're going to come across that. Don't do it. How often do children want to do things that they're told not to do? Yeah. Naturally, when like, you talk naturally, to you, like, you're gonna, don't, don't make a TikTok account. There's bad stuff on that. Yeah. He's going to go out and definitely yeah. make I, a TikTok account. I guess account. It's, it's, less about, it's less about not using the stuff, but more about that. It's because the thing is, it's generally the kids, be, child's behavior. Generally, if it's good, right? When these things come up, if they see like anything that's wrong or you know girls or whatever, if the if the natural norm is that they know that these things are not good, 
for me to look at these things are not good for me to approach them in in, uh, in psychology they call it the this is what it's called the forbidden fruit complex mm. where something is forbidden but a human being and it's not just for children it's more appealing human mm. beings are more curious to check that out and uh, psychologically that's always going to be there now from from what i think is that sometimes people have to experience to learn now what i'm saying is find your kid makes a tiktok without you knowing i suppose that's just that's just the, the way he's going they're going to do things right as long as you are constantly doing uh, or giving good tarbiya outside of that eventually they will realize they will probably check it out that's what i personally think they, they probably will check it out you got someone who's really sharif or taba like really really sharif right who, who, uh, yeah which is rare especially in this day and age in the, with the social environment that they're living in they probably will check it out and i think that some sometimes you got to let children breathe yeah, yeah. let them be let, let them make mistakes yeah. i suppose I mean, we all make, we all made mistakes and we all make mistakes i mean kullu bani adama khata'un right so like we're all going to make mistakes and we've all made mistakes in the past but i think that just comes down to uh, just looking our perspective like this is all about development and 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 you know sometimes a human being needs to breathe as well maybe you know we make mistakes as it is but what are we doing to learn from the mistakes i think a lot of it just come down to the soul of and the the how the parents are you know putting their values into the children but then how f- how far do we let them go exactly they they want to for like we always have like our, a child will say to his parents i need my own privacy right yeah and the stuff that happens complete sometimes it just baffles me like i want a lock on my door i don't want my parents to come i don't we never had that kya karte hain andar what you want to do inside mm-hmm. that you need to lock lock on the door and stuff like that i need my own space and stuff like that this is very new to people even we call ourselves youngsters but even this kind of mentality is very new to us but we live our house like it was literally an open house mm-hmm. anyone goes wherever they want we know everyone knows what they do but now you want locks on the door you want privacy you want your own space you want your freedom and like you said that what your comment can be taken in a complete opposite way and negatively like let the child breathe but how much do you want to let them breathe and no, no, to I, lose them what i mean by that is like i understand that you know uh, you know the view i mean we we only ever going to know this when we we compare ourselves and i'm i'm sure if there are parents listening they they can probably relate to this better but there's only so much you can do right so i'm saying that it's a, like the what you're what you're giving them the input that you're putting into their life right if if it's solid from the foundation okay then shall give them give them what they want at, at the same time eventually i think we'll come to the realization that okay dad was right or mom was right okay um and then i think it just it's, it's i think the parents need to implement it themselves first of all oh, that's that's key. if <laughs> if the child sees the father on tiktok all day <laughs> on instagram liking pictures which he shouldn't be liking without his mother knowing <laughs> then he's going to do the same thing it's like often we tell people uh, look don't go down the path of selling drugs etc and then he'll come and say my father told me not to sell drugs but he sells drugs himself mm. what do we say yeah, to such people real 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 tarbiya is whereby you know you are the role model you are the role yeah. model 100% and and i think that parents don't like uh, madrasa like now they were teaching right uh, one of you know somebody i consider a mentor to me said to me because in 15 years of me teaching madrasa it was literally i think maybe 15 parents in 15 years only 15 parents have actually shown interest of what is my child studying 
that's actually you know, shocking mind-boggling yeah. i mean uh, when i started the course the course that i'm doing i mean i thought you're gonna make a whatsapp group and i'm gonna you know stay engaged with the parents etc etc and yeah now i've got it and, and there's not many parents really responding only one or two parents and, and it's quite obviously then suddenly get it because you put you go through all that effort to provide the education for the child and you wake up to realize that they don't care Nobody however is. when it comes to school then every week we would have to have planners signed by our parents so they saw what you did no, no, not, not that we used to tell them to sign yeah, it yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not that we ever no, no, the thing is even then like uh, yeah chill a fair enough we probably signed it ourselves so the point is that even then uh, kids don't sign yourself <laughs> uh, even then though the parents weren't interested even like you told the parents to sign it they didn't really see what you were doing they're like oh yeah, that's the line dad okay so like obviously this is this is something for for parents i suppose like you have to really actively get involved in what your child is studying and, and most importantly who your child who your child is friends with because sometimes the most important thing right companionship and then uh, by extension who your child is following on social media for example okay give them a social media account who they're following make sure they're following us abilities in it <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's that's where it's important like a lot of parents want like the you know kids uh, friends into the house and things like that but i guess that's where you should allow you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that's you know yeah. that's where you actually they'll you know you'll see them in front of you and you'll actually get to see but their behavior i think that the more threats that parents see in our day and age for example when the whole uh, teaching children about sex sexual education at such a young age came about parents they realize that look we have to speak up now we have to show interest if we don't we don't even know what our children are going to be taught most people jumped on the bandwagon at even that's yeah. gone though mm. what but there was still we, some apart sort from of protest what did we actively do about it yeah as in like and what you mean by that is what did we actively do at home by teaching yeah. them yeah. Uh, a counter sort of uh, narrative that's when, uh, yeah uh, so i think we're drifting away to a completely different topic but no, no, i mean like yeah 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 different of course you we can do parenting back to social media it links right? in because yeah. everything on your child what he sees on social media it comes down to you yeah in a way in what tarbiya mm-hmm. you gave them like the child's not just going to wake up and decide to follow some people he's going to have some sort of logic behind it like why i want to follow him why i don't want to follow him so that logic that he gains obviously he gains it from you majority of it anyway so he might you the environment that the, the environment puts his, yeah. puts his i mean I'm, I'm 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 certainly not comfortable in talking about like parenting issues because obviously we're not parents mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. we don't we don't understand it's just about got married and so we don't really understand the dynamics uh, and we can't speak for parents and and uh, some parents are probably watching like thinking what is talking about <laughs> yeah. parents for and like uh, but we can always like theorize and and, and think about these things but nevertheless you know children on social media it's, it's a dangerous thing you need to we always need to see who they follow and that's why i think it's important for us to push out good content yeah. us to be uh, you know eventually end up being role models and influencers type of thing uh, not to say that that is like the ultimate goal i mean uh, you know followers or whatever they they come and go and whatever right but uh, you know like as especially as as people who can offer goodness in any sort of way whether it's through being whether it's through photography a good example of seeing that was where a lot of parents have they have their own account and they're following the child the child is following them they're going to block them. but the block them is one thing that's big no but i've seen some places <laughs> but i've seen some places where they've actively like you know the, the parents will share the child's pictures with them doing things going outdoor and things like that so it's almost like the child wants to do things and share it that's the whole mm. idea behind it and i 
personally think that's very cringe and creepy. <laughs> no, no. Like if you're going trekking with your kid or someone and you just go, oh, we've gone for a hike or whatever. I don't know. It could be anything really. So it takes a certain type of parent to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you're saying, so then you're saying the parent themselves sort of um, nurture their children into bringing uh, them into the social media world, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So they're on yeah. social media themselves. Okay, and then they're like, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to... And then you you actively share your share what you're sharing with your children. Because now you've had... Because, if, if, for example, a child is 8, 9, 10, and you've actively grown into social media with them. So right, then okay. they're going to have an idea of how to use it. But if they're going to figure that out through their friends and things... You know, obviously things can go wrong, but that's a whole different thing. But generally, if they, if, if, a, if, if they grow into that process with you as a parent or another... then I think they'll have a better idea. I actually think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. So. There's only so much influence a parent can have. There'll be a time where you'll think, okay, look, I've had enough pictures of me and my dad. <laughs> I want some memes on there. I want to follow some people that... No, that's fine. But it's, it's the, the, main, the most important thing is that you've been there. You try to play process. a part. And because you've been to... It's the, they're going to have that positive energy in them that it's, it's not empty space that they're trying to fill. They have that space already filled to some extent. Mm-hmm. And then there's... And there, obviously, some left. Things will, things will happen, but... at least you've got that yeah no, no that, that that's a really mm. i think we could pro- possibly consider that in order to sort of maybe tackle the issue of ch- children just naturally jumping on social media themselves where they know that if their parents are on there and then, you know there, there's always it's the whole thing of salah like you know under age of seven take them with you and you know build them into that process and then once they're 14 15 let them leave them be and i think you can almost do the same thing here you know from that kind of age and growing the father he needs to or the mother or father needs to know where the limits lie as well yeah so it, there's the age whereby okay he'll be a parent but then there's the age where he will become the friend as well yeah. and then he becomes the advisor it's not that you stay a parent over him his whole life he has to adapt to that i think that's something which um is quite hard to implement as for parents nowadays they don't know how to change their roles at what ages to change their roles Because if you're still um, being how you were with your child when he was five years old and now he's 20 years old. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Parenting courses. Yeah, uh, there's some, there's yeah, some yeah. good ones. I, uh, so the, the, the individual that was talking to me about this whole madrasa system, I was like, I think parents need a madrasa. Mm. You need to, <laughs> somehow, like, uh, if they're not engaging, then just, just hold classes and things like that. I mean, that's your guys' field. Yeah, mashallah, asaltidah. Um, so like try and do that so parents need education parents need to know uh, about these things themselves uh, and uh, you know there should be courses on parents but then again we can't teach them because we're not parents ourselves and yeah. the experience is the mother of all yeah. sciences and it's the best I guess someone like parent circle would be good but regularly because what would tend to happen is one off event they've gone and taken information but you mm-hmm. don't know if the information's worked yeah. Yeah. you don't know what you've taught worked mm-hmm. so generally if there's maybe like quarterly per, you know yeah. throughout the year there's four meetings or from last time as because what we told him had an impact and you have user feedback now in a sense and then okay this has worked for the, you know certain kids this might didn't work for this kind of kid because obviously all children are different they're going to receive the information differently but if you have enough people then you're going to have data that kind of matches in certain spots and you can think this does work with that kind those kind of children that are into these things or those this works with children that are into this kind of thing as yeah. teachers uh, who are not directly like blood related to children Would you, would you follow them on social media as a, as a teacher? Would you follow your students? So I, know, I know they are like 
laws and things like that against uh, I mean I'm not too well tapped into that but like some of my students say to me start start Ustaz, you're going to give me follow back. I'm going to give follow back. But I think sometimes, like, uh, maybe if you know what your, your, you know, your students are getting up to, or anybody that you can possibly influence, it's not always about parents, isn't it? It's about the circles that you're around. I mean, you could be an adult, but you're around children. Uh, so would you, would, you, you, would you advise them to, like, you know, keep tabs on, on social media? Or you think that's just beyond, that's a parent's job and it's beyond somebody external. It's not their job. I don't think you can write it off by saying it's just a parent's job because the teacher is greater than your parent in that sense. It's your job as well. It's your responsibility to make sure you give the right education to the child and he turns out to be a good person in the yeah, end. Yeah. So it is your responsibility. But again, personally, I still think it's a bit cringe of parents following children and in the same way, I'd say teachers as well. Not following so. children. I think, but as Ustad man, you made a good point that that completely depends on what kind of relation the parent and child has. Like, personally, I feel quite weird if my dad's just watching my Insta snaps and everything. I think you'd just be like, you just all play FIFA all the time. That's all you do. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. And same for the teacher. I, I think it's quite weird. I feel like social media now, the platform which we have, they're making it so that people don't directly know exactly what you're up to for example you can have private stories you can have yeah. your close friends on instagram uh, on instagram you can no longer see what people have liked i'm on yours on my close, close friends yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can see snapchat when you first started off you could see people's best friends they yeah, took yeah, that yeah. down <laughs> so on and so forth all of these things they're trying to make as if it's harder for people to know what you're doing. So then Snapchat and Instagram, this sort of... Like, okay, coming back to that, like that's more related to our topic. Yeah. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? That these social media companies are doing that to limit what other people can actually see about you? It is good and to an extent. Only let other people see what you want them to see. Mm. It is is that good. a good thing or a bad thing? Of course it is. Privacy. But then again... Because you don't want people to know everything about your business, what you're up to. Ironically, the people that create social... Have you anybody watched The Social Dilemma? You've all watched yeah. it. Yeah, so ironically, the people that create social media don't really have... They don't let their own, uh, you know, children or whatever they... Uh, by the way, I've not watched it. That's just what I don't think i watched it. Yeah, yeah, so like they don't, they don't let their own children or whatever yeah. um, get into social media. So therefore, we probably understand from that there definitely is an issue with it. Yeah. Like an another very carrying on with our topic rather than swaying away from it that one of the cons that you just mentioned the social dilemma in that one of the cons the guy who invented the like button on Facebook the one con that he mentioned about the like button they made it with a good intention obviously 95% of people whatever they do they do it with a good intention yeah? they don't have a bad intention behind that but he said that I made that with an intention that you can show love to other people, basically. Okay. It's a good way that you like their picture, meaning you're showing love to them. But what he said was, that completely went out the window. Mm -hmm. It didn't because it, it it wasn't about I like this person, I don't like this person. It became about why do I only have twenty five likes? Yeah. No, but is it only yeah. twenty five people that yeah. like me, mm. and I've got a thousand followers? That means out of one thousand people, nine hundred and seventy five don't like me. Yeah. So coming back to our actual topic, the insecurity. Social media makes people insecure. And how many 
researches have been done, I remember loads of uh, researches have been done that since social media was invented, the suicide rate, especially in women and young girls, has drastically increased because they follow them sort of people and they try to look up to them and when they can't, say when someone posted like in, in that uh, documentary, they, saw, uh, they showed themselves that somebody uploaded a video of themselves, uh, a picture, sorry, and then she took, she took about 20 tries mm. to take a good picture. Even then, after that, she felt the need to add a filter on it to make her, to beautify herself, obviously, to live up to the standards of the people that she was following. Now, that is completely insecure. Yeah. And it's ungrateful as well. I mean, it, it, it's almost a black and white thing, right? So, if you haven't liked my photo, that means you don't like me. Exactly. And therefore, you've got a problem with me. Yeah. If you like my photo, that means me and you are friends. So, it's literally either yes or a no. And, and that's how children are now living. It's either, you know, you're my mate or you're not. Okay, but it's not necessarily the case that you have to be best, best friends with everybody. You're living to please people as well. Yeah, that, exactly. that, she's, that, she's taken yeah. 20 photos because it's not because she feels as if she has to look good for people to like, not for herself. Yeah. And I guess that's where, oh, well, it might take you off topic, but it's still within topic, is identity crisis is crazy stuff. Generally, in the past, like, each society had their own ways of like living. So, or families, let's say families, for example, a family who always had doctors, they were known as the doctor family, or farmers were known as a farmer's family. But then when, when the internet came about, uh, what's happened is everyone's got different ideas now. They want to try new things out. They want to, you know, they want to they new find a job. They want to try, you know, just anything in the world they've seen, they want to try it. They want to be part of it. Now, and what's happened is they moved away from that norm the families carried on. Not that it's always a bad thing, but often it's created that uh, space where they feel like, I don't know who I am anymore. You know, that identity is just disappeared yeah. because you're trying to be these 10 different people you follow or these 20 different people you follow. But yet, those 20 people, they individually, they all have a unique thing, but that's their thing. But because I, you're looking at 20 of them, mm-hmm. you don't know which, you know what you are. Yeah, yeah, and you, you don't have that space to self-discover. Or Something else which we need to add is that when influencers show their lives, they only show us, what, three, four minutes of their whole life, yeah. of their whole um day and we base that three four minutes and we will try to live up to that when in reality it's, it's nothing how they show it to me and the example which we t- talked about last time where often people um whilst they're trying to live up to somebody's to somebody else's image which they perceive as being good they'll get into debt and yeah. they'll spend so much cosmetic surgery why they're so big because everybody's trying to look like each other or look like a certain person of the figure of the body of a certain person i think that's a huge problem especially yeah. in our day and age where we there's no one who not always no one but it's hard for people to have role models who show themselves as being genuine yeah living your best life yeah, yeah. so the, all you all you're gonna do is put up uh, you know parts of your life which are, are good yeah. from our life they probably think we're playing people <laughs> 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 yeah it it kind of brings it back down to that insecurity and identity crisis two things two yeah. main like broad topics and all that falls underneath that like what who do most girls follow on instagram they follow instagram beauty or makeup artists and stuff and who do men follow they follow what boxing personalities or gym fanatics and oh, all vice versa so this yeah vice versa to be honest look at, look at the tie influencer yeah the influence everything about your behavior how you perceive yourself to be which is quite extraordinary yeah. <laughs> I hope you are. 
So, it, yeah, it brings us back down to them things that... Is social media good or bad then? Let's just end it on that. Uh, we've had a long discussion. We've mentioned loads of pros and cons. Pros being like connectivity, outreach, easy da'wah, making new friends, learning about other people, etc. Cons being that uh, you feel insecure about yourself sometimes and uh, you don't really make the correct role models that you should be making, you follow. The, and we did kind of give a broad solution to yeah. that. I, I personally think the broad solution to that is it completely comes down to who you follow. Yeah. If you follow the right people, you'll be fine. If you follow the wrong people, you'll yeah, so social Yeah, so I think um, social media is what you make it. Um, so, who you, like you said, who you're following, etc. So, therefore, I personally would say there's more good to it than bad, but depending on your age. Mm. Now, if I start, uh, if I do a ta'wil on that, it'll probably take another 10 minutes. And <laughs> wrap up, but what I'm saying is, like, for. for, for Oh, okay. Not age, not exactly age, but you know, depending on your dynamics, who you are, yeah. what you do. So, for for the majority of of people, I think there's there's a lot of good in it. Um, but then I I think that because of who we are and what we do on social media, we think that there's just loads of goodness. We don't really see the bad side, <coughs> or do we? I don't think we do. Well, I don't follow many uh, bad people, so I probably just see the good side. Alhamdulillah. Uh, the explore page is, is, is dangerous. Funnily enough, and honestly speaking, I, I, I was only told by it very recently. And that honestly, because on me, when I'm on social media, it's like question, answer, question, answer, do a couple of things, and then you're off it, right? Yeah. Uh, but like somebody goes, explore page, explore page. So when you look at it, you think, yo, you're so crazy. So, you know, stay stay off that. If you've got like, so I'd like, for me, uh, there's a there's a purpose of being on social media. So for me, it's like, uh, if you have a purpose of being on social media, you can go do your thing and get off. Yeah. So what I would encourage people to do is um, try and move away from social media in the sense that try and live your life a bit, uh, you know, socially. So yeah. would you say rather than trying to use social media to find something to do or find something like, I don't know, discover your hobbies or whatever, find something you actually like and, and then, and, then can, sh- and use that yeah. use that platform to share that to whatever that's pretty and much I a good think, conclusion you know, I think I suppose I think that, that's a good point yeah. so um, make your journey first then share your journey rather than going to look for your journey on social media yeah, yeah. start yeah. any final comments I think we've covered all bases you have to do fair. that like share and you know that are we ending on this nah, yeah that's subscribe. it you, right like share subscribe <laughs> <laughs> and inshallah keep tuned we'll have much more content with the many guests inshallah and support in our work inshallah and to obviously finish the podcast off we'd like to thank our special guest today inshallah Jazakallah for coming Jazakallah for giving you time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you Amen. and grant you success in Barakallah whatever you do yeah. and increase your followers Thank <laughs> you.